The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Afternoons with Mike Heard Daily here on the Shepherd Radio Network. I tell you, this has been a big week for my next guest for my program today. On the show is David Helling. He's the writer and the director of what might have been for many people a surprise smash at the box office, garnering number three in the opening weekend. And that was last weekend, not the not Easter weekend, but the weekend before. And that for a movie at the budget that he set, one that was crowdfunded, it's kind of like a record-breaking feat. So David Helling, the writer of this amazing movie on the life of Abraham, congratulations are in order, my friend. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's just awesome to see. Um, It just continues to blow away expectations, and and the Lord continues to do far beyond anything we could ask or think. Um, And it is... uh, it makes you speechless. There's really, I'm still waiting for it to hit me, actually. I like to say it's been this whole, these last week has been like I'm walking through the depths of the Red Sea and I'm just looking up, seeing the Red Sea walled on both sides of me. And like, I'm like, I don't know how this is happening, but I'm just going to keep walking forward. Because uh, I know I have nothing to do with this. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, for those that may not have heard yet about the movie, which is His Only Son, uh, it's out on Angels uh, Studios, which is the same studio that uh, you might remember from the movie, the the series, The Chosen. And, uh, of course, that's not only a movie. It's been in the theaters as well, but also on uh, television. Both of these are what are called crowdfunded films. And a lot of people would not have given this this film, I guess, uh, a, a fighting chance to come out anywhere near other than near the bottom of the heap. But instead, opening weekend, you guys were number three. And that is that is just huge in terms of not only how many people saw it, how much money the film made. Thank God for that. Thank God for all of that. But the influence that it has now brought to this genre of films, is it's really hard to estimate the value on that. And then add to that, a hundred theaters, if I've got the number right, Dave, a hundred theaters were added for this past Easter weekend. Is that right? Now, now you know that was the, that's the second time I've heard that, and um, that uh, that's news to me. I know, I know we were. Uh, I mean, so I mean, I, I, now that that's the second time I've heard that, I think that it's actually true. Oh, it, it is true. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm reading I'm it right here. It I, is true. Yeah. Man, and that's praise the Lord for that because not only did we go up against. I mean, this is a this is a small. Um, as far as a, a humble budget of the hard cost was less than $250,000, and it was going <laughs> up against films that are $100 million plus dollar budgets um, and came out number three the first weekend, and then now you had the holdover, and not only the holdover of all the same screens, but actually theaters said, no, we want more screens. And that's with this huge Mario Brothers movie coming out uh, over the weekend. That you know, it, it's it's um, you know, you've got more of these big bombastic films that are taking up more of the of the theater landscape. But his only son has lost no ground, and that is is just another testimony of just the Lord's hand in all of it. You know, what I really love about this, when you and I talked a little over a week ago, we were, of course, in anticipation and praying for a good turnout on this movie. Uh, Had no idea that it was going to do quite as well as it did. But back then we were talking about the fact that you were surprised that for it to open up, number one, it was opening up not only on a lot of screens in the U.S., but internationally as well. So this thing is a global buzz right now. And just to even say that, David, that's just amazing, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's beyond amazing. So since you and I last talked, obviously it was going out in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Puerto Rico, um, and now it is in Lebanon as well. And and the the main actor Nicola Maud, who plays Abraham in the film, so he's he's a native of Lebanon, and he's out there, and they had the premiere out there, and he texted me and said that it's actually number one in the Lebanese box office, mm. and that is 
you talk about the Middle East right now. Um, well, I mean, obviously there there's there's Christians and Muslims and secularists in uh, in in Lebanon, but right now in the midst of Ramadan, and you know everything that's going on right there in Lebanon uh, as we speak. Um, to see that his only son is at the top of the box office and people are meditating on the true account of Abraham and how it points to Christ. It's, um, man, you talk about, you know, I keep saying it over and over again, but it's the hand of the Lord because that's, that's, who, that's who has to get the glory because it's absolutely impossible with man. It's absolutely impossible. This does not make logical sense. What's going on <laughs> yeah. in the box office? Not like, yeah, let's take this Christian film and have it be number one in the box office in the, in, in Lebanon, in the Middle East. It's just amazing. You know what's so fun for me? I I'm privileged to get to talk to a lot of people in in the course of a week, and uh, when I got a, a chance to meet you over the phone, as we've done, uh, I I was thrilled because I'm so excited about the movie. I'd seen the trailer, and the the entire production of it looks amazing. Uh, I was more than anything blown away at your humility and the fact that now after a week of just great success, uh, I don't sense one iota's difference in you. You're continuing to give God the glory for that. And man, I'm just thrilled for you. And I know all of our listeners are as well. It's really great to see someone who is working on something that is number one, uh, as big as what this is, but number two, as true as the story of the Word of God that you're bringing to life here on the on the big screen, uh, to see it happen and to happen successfully, man, it, it's just like a kid in a candy store for me right now. <laughs> well, praise the Lord, yeah, because even even the testimony that you're you're getting from me, that's even even that is the grace of the Lord. Because if I was off to my own. Uh, my own fleshly desires, you know, it'd be a totally different thing. But uh, apart from the Spirit of the Lord dwelling inside me, um, there's no good thing, right? Well, that's true for us all. But I just want you to know, man, I'm I'm encouraged, and I know that your heart would be to stay grounded in God and continue to give Him the glory. You know, sadly, we've seen a lot of people say the right things up front, then when success hits them, it, it kind of takes a, a little different turn in their lives. Yeah. And uh, that's what we're praying for you, that all of this that's yes. coming, I mean, the words, they must be coming fast and furious to you right now. Words of, of uh, congratulations. And then beyond that, kind of, uh, you know, pumping you up, maybe in flattering ways. But David, I'm praying for you. We're praying for you that uh, this yes, continues so to much. just to kind of blow the, the walls out at, at these different box offices around the country. Uh, it's it's going to play all Easter weekend, this past Easter weekend, now into the week uh, after Easter. And these these uh, theater goers, some of them are coming back. They've seen you by now because, as I recall, you're on both ends of this uh, yep. this movie in the theaters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty interesting to already uh, be recognized <laughs> uh, at the hotel. I'm uh, you know because I'm doing a lot of PR stuff um, for the for the uh, for the movie. They still have me doing a bunch of stuff like this, and so I'm at a hotel and. In uh, Utah, they uh, someone came up to me and they said, "Are you David Helling, the the creator of His Only Son?" I'm like, "Yes, wow, that's pretty interesting." Um, but but yeah, to to see, and I've actually even heard actually someone last night had told me that their good friend had already seen the film three times in theaters. Oh wow! And uh, and to see people see it twice, I've seen testimonies of people seeing it multiple times, and they say how they just get more out of it every time. Um, and that is, I'm so thankful for that, that the Lord can work in that, in that way. Um, and, uh, and really continue to touch people's hearts as they watch it again and again in new and deeper ways. Well, the last time you and I talked, uh, again, about eight or nine days ago, uh, the movie had not yet come out. You were telling us, and we'll cover a lot of these details about the movie, about the actors, uh, in a much more deep dive way than what we were able to, because I got you for my entire program right now. And I, I know <laughs> that one thing that we didn't get to touch on in our first conversation was your background and the, and the kind of... Uh, the lead up into how in the world do you ever does one who's interested in movie making or filmmaking or maybe videography? How does a young man get to where you are at, at your age 
and now the director and writer of a major motion picture. How does that happen? Uh, well, you know, it's it, uh, one, obviously, the grace of the Lord. But the but the journey here, um, you know, when you're able to see things in hindsight, you could just see his hand all over all of it. Um, you know, because obviously you, you, you've heard before, your listeners have heard before, um, it was while I was a Marine in Iraq um, that the Lord really got a hold of my heart, drew me to his word open my eyes to the depth of my own sin and the and the heights of his of his grace and the goodness of his gospel and and from that moment on that not only his gospel came alive to me but the truth of his word and the people that are recorded in history in the bible came alive to me and i wanted to show others that these are real people that these are real people with real issues in god's real history, of, and, and he was weaving his redemptive plan that he had had in place from the beginning. He was weaving it through their lives. Um, and if I could show this to people and demonstrate this to people through filmmaking, through biblical films, um, I knew that I could I could touch people that weren't in their word, that weren't in the Bible, that didn't have a desire to read the Bible, and hopefully, by God's grace, spark an interest in their hearts that they would then be driven to the word as I was and have their eyes open to the truth of the gospel. If they don't have their eyes open to the truth of the gospel while watching the film, because the film, I mean, the, the, the gospel is clear, very clear and palpable in the, in the, uh, in the, in the film as well. Um, but yeah, from my time in Iraq nearly a decade and a half ago, um, whenever I had that desire to do biblical films, not to get into film making for to do films but to do biblical films and if the biblical part fell off i'd 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 leave the filmmaking part um so that i could because my heart is to is to bring the word of god to people and help people understand uh the the bible and to 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 point people to the bible so that they because that is our means by which the Lord sanctifies us. Um, and, uh, you know, we see that in John seventeen seventeen, sanctify them by your truth. Christ prays to the father the night before he goes to the crucifixion, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And so to, to be able to bring that before people, that's what I want to do. And I began doing it oddly enough. Uh, whenever I got out of the Marine Corps, I began my filmmaking journey in right in the heart of downtown San Francisco at the Academy of Art University. And and I began to uh, take a uh, pursue a, a directing degree in film and uh, television, and and uh, but there's a lot obviously that you don't learn in film school in order that you have to know to be able to make biblical films on a budget or no budget, and that's like things like sewing costumes. I had to teach myself how to sew costumes. I had to teach myself how to do visual effects and make little models and miniatures and basically find out how, how how can I take what I read in scripture and make it cinematically beautiful on no money or very little money out of my own out of my own pocket. Yeah. And so I was honing that craft for nearly a decade. Um, and, uh, and, and doing short film after short film after short film, my church opened up a way for me to be able to do those short films for the annual Christmas production. And so that gave me incentive to finish, um, films. And then about five and a half years ago, I began, uh, working on his only son, began writing that. And I, and little did I know that I would be taking all those skills that the Lord was working in me, uh, for that decade, uh, like sewing the costumes, like making miniatures, doing visual effects. And incorporating them into his only son because, like, there was like, um, I mean, I, I sewed most of the costumes for the film. There were like a hundred different pieces, costume pieces, you know, different layers. And, and stuff. we're talking about the the very cut. costumes that are in the film that people will see, yes. right? Yes, yes, they, yeah, that that are on the big screen, <laughs> oh <my laughs> uh, and uh, it's pretty pretty wild. Like here I was, you know, just sewing the costumes in this, this $30 machine I got off Craigslist and I had to teach myself how to even thread the needle off YouTube, you know, I mean like thread the machine off YouTube. And, oh my gosh. And, uh, and so, yeah, so, you know, and then there's over 325 visual effects shots in the film that I spent the bulk of pretty much two years after we shot the film in 2019 bringing together. Um, and uh, yeah, there's, there's so much, it's this humble little film but but i mean I, I was just having an interview uh just uh right before this one uh with a uh with a national news outlet and they were saying how you know they were saying that this is like you know they were comparing it to the ten commandments and i'm like that is a big monument to stand up against and here's this little thing that i was literally you know working under a rock for years 
um, almost completely alone uh, for the post-production part and much of the pre-production part. Um, and, and to have it be now viewed in this way and the way that the Lord is using it on such a mass scale and people are so moved by it, you know, it's a meditative piece. It is a in, – in a, in, in a world where the box office is just full of explosions and big, loud, and, and bright, here's this, this, this film – that is now standing toe to toe with these big films in the box office. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a quiet, meditative piece that causes you to reflect on God's word, reflect on the life of Abraham and the testing of his faith, and what the Lord was doing in his life and what the Lord was pointing to. It's literally a a you know be still and know that I am God moment. And obviously, the Lord, if you if you look at the context of that verse, I don't want to be I don't want to take that verse out of context. He's, he's obviously. That is a that is a reprimand to the nations. <laughs> when, right. when when the Lord says, "Be still and know that I am God," He's talking to the, the nations that oppose Him. Uh, but you know, the, just to be able to quiet down and meditate and focus without any distractions from the world on God's Word, um, it's just man, it's an awe-inspiring experience that's going on around the country and around the world right now. Now, have you been able to sleep this past week? Uh, very little, uh, you know, now and then uh, it's a, it's early, early mornings and, and late nights, but it's, um, you know, the Lord is, is faithful and the Lord is in gracious. And, and I feel like, um, you know, my, my, my prep, I'm, I'm not, you know, uh, in all full transparency, you know, I want to be able to be in the word consistently, like I love to be and, and, you know, so, but I have to like listen to it now more than I, than I'm able to read it just because time. So I'm like trying to listen to it and fit it in from A to B. And, and, you know, you get your own anxieties that rise up and actually like, Oh, I'm not spending enough time in the word. You know, how am I going to be equipped? And it's like, man, what am I trying to do? Even right now, you know, I'm trying to get along in my own works righteousness. And I think that the Lord, what is the Lord's not going to, the Lord's going to take something away and he's not going to equip me with the, uh, with, by his spirit. If I, didn't get, you know, an hour in versus 20 minutes mm. in. And um, so anyway, it's, uh, but, but the Lord is, all that to say, the Lord is very faithful in all these interviews. Um, his, his, his grace is sufficient and his strength is made perfect in weakness. Cause um, yeah, I definitely am burning at both ends and running on E uh, when it comes to my own strength. Well, none of us know at this stage of the game the end results of the the first couple of weeks of this movie. It's only a, a little over a weekend, and it's already blown just about every projection that anyone would have in the movie business would have ever given it a chance for. I don't think any one of the moguls in Hollywood would have said you would have come out number three on opening weekend. I just doubt that very seriously. But the film, like you said, it is running toe-to-toe with all the big ones. And we'll talk a little bit more about how uh, you were able to accomplish that on such a small budget. Because I think for what you made this whole movie over, a lot of movies would blow that in one scene that would last 15 seconds in a big movie. So uh, it's not uncommon for that to happen. David Helling, the writer and director of this big movie called His Only Son. He's my guest. We'll be back with David in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike on the Shepherd Radio Network. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. With me on the program today is David Helling, the writer and director for the movie His Only Son. It opened up, oh, about, what, 12 days ago and uh, 11 days ago, something like that, over the weekend that was the weekend before Easter weekend. So we've now had Easter weekend come and go. Even more theaters were added for Easter weekend for this movie. So 
Uh, at the time of this recording, we have no idea what the uh, week will end up holding, uh, or even what this past weekend, as you're hearing this, held for this movie. But it was number three, a solid number three, going up against movies that would be quadrupled and multiple factors, more money, more expensive to make. And yet it is number three. David, that is so exciting. And I can honestly say I don't think that could happen to a nicer guy, my friend. Oh, well. Well, I appreciate you saying that, brother. Um, yeah, it's uh, and just to just to set your numbers right, it wouldn't be quadruple the budget. <laughs> I mean, we're dealing with oh, we're dealing actually with four hundred x. If you say quadruple, it would make it a million dollar budget, and if we're dealing with a hundred million dollars, that's budget, right. So, uh, that, that's 400X. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me for my bad math illustration <laughs> because it was yeah. terrible. Well, just going down the list, I'm looking at it right now that was released from uh, the office here that uh, is leading the, the fray for these numbers. They put this list out, and these are just some of the accolades that this amazing movie is receiving right now. Number one, from what is a, a, a real rating system within movies, it's the Cinema Score audience rating. His only son received an A, and that is just incredible. Number two, a 95% Rotten Tomatoes audience score. Now, uh, you know, a lot of people in the movie industry would like to throw tomatoes at Christian movies right now. Man, you guys, <laughs> you're just killing it in that category. That's uh, also rather unheard of. Here it is right here. 100 new theaters were added for Easter weekend. Number four. Yeah. First time in motion picture history that P&A, and I'm going to have you explain all of this, that P&A for a theatrical release was crowdfunded. So uh, I know that has to do with the, the money aspect of it. Explain this whole thing of how you made this movie and what is this thing called crowdfunding? Yeah, so well, the the P and A, like what you were talking about. So we made the film originally um, on a very, very, very modest budget that was put together essentially by by three private investors uh, primarily. But once the film was finished, um, that's when Angel Studios, the the distributor of the Chosen, uh, saw a trailer for the film, and then they wanted to see a screener uh, for the finished film, and they loved it. So what happened? Uh, but with Angel, they have to—they have this thing called their guild, the Angel Guild, which is comprised of tens of thousands of previous investors that have been, that have invested in other Angel uh, projects. They have to vote on it to see who um, is it, who is eligible to come onto the Angel platform or into the Angel system. And and uh, even though the the heads of Angel loved the film, they thought it'd be perfect for an Easter theatrical. They they still had to pass the guild, and when they put it before the guild, it got one of the highest ratings that of any project that's ever gone through the Angel Guild in oh, Angel man. Studios history. And they 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 were like, okay, well, we are going to put it um, in theaters this Easter, which was an answer to prayer to prayers I've had for years. Um, and they were originally going to set and put it at a 500 theater release um which still i mean for me as you know that that's a dream come true when you're dealing with 500 theaters across the country that's amazing but they said what we're going to do is we're, we're going to crowdfund which means like put it out to the crowd to just the general public that they could invest as, as much as they want towards the pna which stands for print and advertising it's an old hollywood term it's essentially just marketing cost it's what, mm -hmm. it's what it costs to put the ads up now on facebook or or, or, or TV, if we, if we were to do that, or to do interviews, or to do billboards and posters that go out to theaters across the country. Um, and, and so that costs a lot of money. And typically that costs, I think, some, sometimes it's usually double the budget of a, of a theatrical film, um, you know, even the big films. And so what they, what they did was they thought, okay, well, we'll be able to raise, we're confident we could probably raise about $400,000. Um, to get it uh, and to help advertise for uh, a 500 screen release, and then see if word of mouth takes it, uh, you know, takes it beyond that. Well, after they released this campaign, they opened up this campaign, which they were planning on it being a three week campaign to raise about four hundred thousand dollars. Within 
less than 100 hours, about 80 hours, um, the crowdfunding, the people, uh, I think it was over 2,000 people, had invested all the way up to the cap that we were able to raise, which was $1.235 million. Oh, we did that goodness. in less than 100 hours. The crowd did that in less than 100 hours. And that, that made angel size get very big. And they were like, okay, well, maybe people want this even more than we thought. Um, and so they, they then said, okay, well, we need to open this up to more theaters. So they took it from 500 then to 1,500 theaters. And as they began to advertise in theaters, those theaters began to sell out and, get, and fill up. And so the theater exhibitors then began to ask Angel for more screens. They said, we want to open this up on, on more screens and more locations. So then it grew before opening weekend. It grew to 1,920 screens. Um, and so you just see, and then it, went, then it was number three in the box office. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just incredible to see it continue to to outperform and outperform and outperform and outperform. Now, the people that you are close to, your family, your friends that you hang with, what are their thoughts about all of this? I mean, they've got to be looking at this like shaking their head like, what, huh? How did this happen, right? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it's pretty well because I've been actually traveling a lot, so I'm just seeing texts and phone calls, right? Um, and so I haven't been able to do much face-to-face uh, with my family since the movie came out, um, sadly. But but it's uh, it is it's uh, they're just saying like, oh wow, you know, so proud. What I don't know if it's sunk in for them. Like it hasn't sunk in for me yet either. I'm just kind of in awe. And you know, you have this idea of, um, and actually, you know, because you have this idea whenever you you get into to filmmaking and and as you're writing, you know, it's uh, it, there's a sense of it's almost like the the delusions of grandeur kind of keep you going because you're like, I need to write this because what if this is going to be in theater someday? You know, and it, right. and it keeps you keeps you getting it, you know, you, to get it done. But then when it actually, now that it's happened, it doesn't really feel like anything. And as a matter of fact, after the first weekend, after the premiere, um, it was oddly somber and it was unexpectedly somber um, because one. These five and a half years of my life of doing this film have been the most, in many cases, heart-wrenching and excruciating years of my life of just opposition at all ends, be it spiritual or, or physical opposition. And, and, and just uh, to get it done, I've, I've had to push inch by inch uh, and rely just fully on the strength of the Lord to get me through it. And as I've been working on this film, since we shot it in the middle of 2019 – I've been meditating and spending times with with Abraham and Sarah, you know, these characters mm-hmm. in the film and listening to the words of scripture and the words from the script and have it just minister to my heart over the years and spending week after week with these with these characters and it it's been really like it's been like a very very close or best friend um this film has been and then now we had the premiere, the actors came out, we, everyone watched it together for the first time. And it was just like, oh, this is my friends that, that I've been spending time with for so long. And now they're here. And then they left. And then now the film is out into the world. And I'm not actually going to be going back to spend time with the film anymore. It's like, it oddly felt like, especially the Saturday after it opened up, it felt like I had lost a dear friend. And I didn't expect that at all. Oh, um, I, I, I'm all... not surprised to hear this. Like a, a little bit of um, moroseness can even set in. Like it's a bittersweet kind of a thing, and it catches yeah. you by surprise, right? Oh, yeah. It, it really was like being sideswiped. And so on one hand, it was very somber for that. And then on the other hand, it was being able to see the testimonies that were coming out of the theaters and the reviews that are, and because we had done here uh, after the premiere and on Friday night and on Thursday night, after it had come out, we, me and Nicola and Sarah and Atavi, like the, um, the, the people that play the act, the actors that play the characters in the film, we had done a number, we went to a number of theaters um, and crashed the theater, so to speak, or basically waited outside the door for people to come out like these packed theaters. And to see grown men, grown older men come out with just tears in their eyes and barely being able to speak. Oh, wow. um, Nicola, actually, who plays Abraham, uh, he, he had like three men, like big, burly, grown men come out 
with eyes full of tears, and one of them just wrapped his arms around him and started sobbing on his shoulder. Uh, and, and so much like it was so overwhelming for Nicola. Nicola actually had to walk away and go into a corner and just weep because of seeing how moved people were and how much this, how deeply touched they are by this film. Um, and to see that for me personally, after having gone through this five and a half years of just hard, hard trial to get this done. To have the Lord be so gracious in showing me the fruit from it, because he doesn't have to do that. I don't deserve that. I don't warrant that. You know, so many of us go through trials in life, and we never see the fruit that the Lord's working mm-hmm. in that. That's right. You know, that, That's right. That, that ripples on into the generations that come after us. Abraham's a prime example. The Lord promised to give him a land and a nation. But who did he have? He had, as far as the seed of promise, he had Isaac. Um, and he had other sons with Keturah, and he had Ishmael, but Isaac was the one who was promised him. So he had one son, and then he, the only land he had when he died, when I mean, he was promised the, the whole promised land, but the only land he had when he died was enough to land enough to bury himself and his wife. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't see the full fruit of the trial um, of his life, um, but but we now see it. We could see it in hindsight before that. We're still we're still being ministered to and being edified Abraham's walk of faith 4,000 years after he's already died. Um, And so to see the way that the Lord is using this film um, and to see like, okay, this trial, it was so hard and there was so much opposition for a purpose. And the Lord is graciously showing me that purpose and he didn't have to do that. But it's it's just like, it's like a moment of like, who am I? that the Lord would allow me to steward this account of Abraham's life all these years and for him to actually be able to show me the fruit of it now. Yes, he is definitely showing you great fruit. And it's like you said, unexpected fruit. Uh, no one would have believed. And your your whole talk about uh, just even the somber feelings that happened to you afterwards, it, it is, it's kind of like a, a, a great setup here for this whole this whole thing about this story, why the story of Abraham? I mean, some would look at that, the subject matter of Abraham, the character that he was. Now, I know he's called Father Abraham, but this story Mm -hmm. is so aberrant to so many people. They can't understand it from Abraham's standpoint. They can't understand it from God's standpoint about God asking Abraham to do that. So what was it? I mean, some would say it's a controversial story. What do you think it was that made, when you were that Marine in in the desert, what was it that started moving in you that said, I want to make a story on the life of Abraham? Well, yeah, it actually didn't start. The, the idea for this one didn't start in Iraq. The, the heart to want to, you know, tell the biblical narrative through film and to draw people to the word that came out of that time, but it was actually after years of you know even particular spending the the nearly five years of film school in downtown San Francisco and sharing my faith over and over again and sharing the gospel over and over again and seeing time and time again with non-believing friends um, that this was a common point of contention. This account that we read in Genesis 22 was a part in Scripture that non-believers would point at and say, well, you worship a God who would tell a man to sacrifice his own son. I don't want anything to do with that. Um, and that, that's cosmic child abuse, as they, as they coin it. Um, and so I wanted to dive in to the, to the account, exposit it, pull out what the Lord was doing there in Abraham's life, why it was a test, why he tested his faith, because that's how it starts. It was never God's intention for Abraham to kill his son. Right. It was a test. It was a and test. It was a memorial, which the Lord is. Go ahead. No, no, I was just agreeing with you. Go ahead. Yeah, the uh, the, the 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 Lord is so diligent about calling us to set up memorials so that we remember His promises. We remember what He's doing in our lives, and then and then we remember Him. We it, it helps us keep our eyes fixed on Him, the author and finisher of our faith. And so you look at Abraham's life. And and what the Lord was doing in testing his faith there, and you can you can see not only the purpose of it in Abraham's life, but the point that 
he was making and how it was pointing to Christ. And it's it's 100 percent clear what the Lord was doing in Abraham's life. It was all to point to Christ. He was taking mm-hmm. this man out of paganism when all the world had went astray. He pulled this man out of paganism and said, I'm going to promise you a nation. I'm going to promise you a land. And through your descendants, all the nations and through your seed, in your seed, singular, capital S, in Christ, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. But for the 2,000 years of the generations of Abraham that would echo from the point of Abraham's life to the point of Christ's life, this memorial stone of sorts would be remembered by God's people. And so whenever the Lord would lay down his only son on the same hill 2,000 years after Abraham, and the Lord didn't stay his hand, he, he took on the sins of all those who would believe, and he died. He was put to death, the just for the unjust, so that so that we can now have life in him by putting our faith in his finished work. And so everything, the whole Old Testament, all of Scripture is pointing to Christ, and he gives us memorial stones again and again and again. And Abraham and Isaac on Mount Moriah is just one of those memorial stones. And obviously right now, um, we, as, we, as we observe, and many of us observe Passover, um, that's another memorial stone, the Passover lamb. Uh, by whose blood, when we are covered by the blood of the Lamb, the angel of death passes over us, and mm-hmm. we don't die, we live um, and by the covering of the blood of the Lamb. Um, so you have these pictures all throughout Scripture, um, and Abraham was the, the monument that uh, uh, I would say began it all, but it didn't really begin at all because you obviously have the picture of Christ in the ark. You have the picture of Christ in Genesis 3 uh, with, with the, the skins that covered Adam and Eve. Um, but, uh, but yes, so that's why to, to dig into this account, to give an answer to the scoffers and to give a defense to my brothers and sisters in Christ so they can uh, answer the scoffers in their own lives and ultimately for the purpose of getting the gospel out there um, for uh, for eternity's sake. I love it. By faith, it says in Hebrews 11, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. And David Helling, in many ways, uh, you're getting to uh, taste uh, just a little bit of that going out. You don't yet know, none of us know, where this film that you have written and directed and now is out there and doing so well. We have no idea how God's going to use all of this, but we are in it for this ride. And David Helling, the writer of that movie, is my guest. We'll be back with him for one more segment. Don't go away. Afternoons with Mike here on The Shepherd. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Afternoons with Mike and my guest today, David Helling. He is the writer and the director for this big film that's out right now. Friends, it's still in theaters. If you haven't seen it, you got to see it. It's called his only son on the life of Abraham. You know, I I love the thing that we ended segment two with, David, and you were so wonderfully talking about the other stories. It's not just the story of Abraham that is a shadow of things to come, uh, but these other stories that you mentioned, they were too. And all of this reminds me of of a text I got this morning. And just listen to this. It's uh, titled Good Friday Reversals, Uh, Jesus goes to the garden to be obedient to the Father, undoing Adam and Eve's disobedience in the garden. Adam and Eve hides behind a tree, naked, covering in shame. Jesus hung on a tree, naked, and conquers shame. Adam and Eve Mm -hmm. begin in paradise, but are forced outside the gates due to the curse. Jesus dies outside the gates, but ends up in paradise due to the cross. And then finally, Adam and Eve's sin ushered a curse of thorns. Jesus wears a curse of thorns. 
as he ushers in salvation from sin. Man, isn't that good? Man, that is, uh, all right, that's the end of the show. That's all the time we <laughs> A mic <laughs> drop moment there. here, and that's right. <laughs> that is so moving. Oh, my goodness. Praise and, the Lord. Yeah, um, I, I do our, praise the Lord. second Adam, yeah. Christ is the second Adam, the, the last Adam, should we say. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, it's just um, the Lord was has always been doing something, and, and so many people take for granted or disregard the Old Testament. Uh, and you, there's been so many, and it should be, you know, I guess I'll say it as strongly, it should be an abomination, but the little Bibles they used to hand out to, especially even when I was in the military, New Testament Psalms and Proverbs, it's like, what is this? Mm-hmm. You realize that the Old Testament was the Bible that Christ had, right? That's mm-hmm. the Bible that Paul taught Christ from in the synagogues was the Old Testament, because all of it is pointing to Christ That's from right. the garden on. Um, and uh, yeah, it was such a beautiful picture there, a beautiful picture we have of, like I said earlier in the last segment of of Noah and the Ark and the door. You know, there's one door, and there's only, and Christ is the door, and and. And he is the only way to salvation, uh, you know. And then you have Abraham, and and what we see in Abraham and his journey up with Moriah, uh, journey up Moriah um, with Isaac, um, and the picture of of what that is. I mean, and that I tried to illustrate as vividly as I could in this film because it's undeniable. It's undeniable how it points to Christ. Um, and uh, and I mean, Christ says himself in John chapter eight. He says. Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. Uh, and uh, so th- there was a sense that, it, you know, I don't know how much of Abraham actually, how much did he see of Christ's day. But but we can see that in that account in Genesis 22, as Abraham places the wood of the sacrifice on the son's back, on Isaac's back. And that is some little bundle of sticks that we always see represented in art uh, wrongly. It says at the beginning of chapter 22 that Abraham split the wood. Well, if you're splitting the wood, that means it's long mm-hmm. wood beams of wood. And so he places these beams of wood on the back of the sun, and the sun carries him up Mount Moriah, the same mountain uh, which Jerusalem's built upon, the same mountain that when, when Christ exited the gates as the Passover lamb brought out the gates, and, and puts death at twilight, just like the Passover lamb. But when Christ exits the gates with the wood on his back going up the hill, mm. the same hill that, the, that Isaac and his father went up, um, except whenever Isaac was making his way with the wood on his back, he turns to his father and says, Father, we have the fire, we have the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Right. Where's and the Abraham sacrifice? replies, God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering. And so they continue to make their way mm. up the hill, and then— they build the altar. Isaac, uh, Abraham places the wood in, in order and lays his son upon the wood of the sacrifice. But the Lord stays his hand, and when the Lord stays his hand, and he doesn't have to put his son to death, he looks behind him, and caught in the thicket is a ram, a substitutionary sacrifice, a temporary substitutionary sacrifice, uh, because Abraham then goes on to call the place the Lord will provide future tense, not the Lord mm-hmm. provided. Because the Lord did provide a substitute there and then, but that wasn't the substitute that Abraham was looking for and that God had promised. He said the Lord will provide future tense. And to further that point, Moses then writes, because he's the one pinning Genesis by inspiration of the Holy Spirit 650 years after this account of Abraham's life. He then goes on to say, therefore it said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Still future tense for Moses' day. So what happened to that lamb? Because that ram, that wasn't the lamb. That's that's two different English words. So it's not only two different English words, it's two different Hebrew words mm-hmm. if you look at it. And so you have this ram that was a temporary substitute, but Abraham was still looking forward to the lamb that God would provide for the offering. Yes. And where did that lamb wh- – what happened to that lamb? Well, you flash forward 2,000 years to the bank of the River Jordan. And there's John the Baptist in John chapter 1, and he sees Jesus coming, and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And that Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb, went out, exited the gates on on Mount Moriah, and went up the hill with the wood of the sacrifice on his back, except God's hand was not stayed. Uh, The Lord 
the Lord, uh, it pleased the Lord to crush him because mm-hmm. he was being glorified because God is, is always been a God of justice and he does not change. And he's, he has to, in order for him to be a, a God of mercy, he has to also be a God of justice because he, cause the wages of sin is death and death must be atoned for. And so it'll be either atoned for by us in hell forever or it was atoned for in God, the Son, giving up his life as a ransom for many, um, for the sins of all those who believe. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful picture. And you see in Hebrews 11, it says that, that Isaac was figuratively dead because it was a three-day journey to Mount Moriah. And so not only that, you have, you have the picture of the only son being figuratively dead for three days, because it says that Isaac was figuratively dead for three days, mm-hmm. and then he's figuratively resurrected, and, and it says that as well in Hebrews 11, that he was figuratively resurrected when the Lord stayed his hand. Um, the beautiful picture that the Lord was setting in place so that we would know that this wasn't some whim that Jesus came. No, this was a plan put in place since before the beginning, uh, and the Lord is completely sovereign over it all, and there's great peace that comes from that because we know in every trial, in Abraham's trial, in the in the crushing, in the atoning work of Christ, and in our day by day trial as we seek to live lives obedient to Him, the Lord is very present help. He is our very present help in trouble. He is our refuge and our strength. He was back then, and He is still today. Our Emmanuel, oh, our God, man. with us, and we can be confident. We can walk forward even through the deepest, darkest valley with the confidence of knowing that he is working all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And if we are in Christ, we can go forward with that promise, just like Abraham walked forward, holding on to the promises of God. Um, and uh, yes, we, we, uh, we have the same faith and we have the same God today. And he's still working, and thank God he has provided us that wonderful sacrifice that was enough. And, you know, uh, having lost, Cindy and I lost a son, I'm, I was thinking about this freshly as I'm hearing you talk about the life of Abraham and how that Abraham, he, uh, he didn't want to have to give up Isaac. I mean, as far as he could tell, he was being asked the most difficult thing that he had ever heard, and yet he did it. And, you know, Cindy and I lost a, 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 a child, and uh, it, was, it was just Sorry. horrible. Uh, but the Lord spoke to us through that. And after he passed, he he spoke very kindly to my heart, David, and he said, you would have done anything to save your son. And I I said, I would have. I tried. And he said, I gave my son willingly for you. And I tell you, that made an impression on my heart because I could not comprehend that. I would have. I tried. Uh, I I would never have just, uh, I couldn't even imagine what it was like for the heart of God the Father to give his only begotten son. But he loves us that much. And that's what this movie shows. It's a shadow, as uh, as the writer to Hebrews talked about, about the things that those of old, those in that kind of like a hall of fame, if you will, from Hebrews 11, mm-hmm. they were all looking forward to the day that one day that lamb was going to do exactly what John the Baptist saw as you described it so beautifully, he comes to take away the sins of the earth. He did that for me. He did that for you. He did it for anyone that is calling out to the name of the Lord. He is faithful and he is able. David, as best as you can tell, what's ahead for you now? We've got a couple of minutes left. What's ahead for you? And, uh, and, and I know you have no idea of what these next days regarding his only son, the movie that's out right now, is going to hold. But what do you think you'll find yourself doing in the next month? In the next month? Well, hopefully sleeping a little bit. <laughs> uh, but, but the months beyond that. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, you're right. Uh, man plants his steps, but the Lord directs his path. Right. Um, but but the, uh, if you look at if you watch, for those that have already seen the film, thank you very much. Uh, for those that are going to see the film, you stay after the credits, and I, and I say exactly uh, what, what I plan to do next. I'm, I'm actually contracted with Angel for them to distribute my next one as well, and my heart is to continue through 
through the biblical account um, chronologically to build yes. people's understanding of what the Lord was doing in his redemptive plan in context. And so for my next film, I want to tackle the entire life of Jacob, beginning with the death of Abraham within, you know, within the first bit of the film, we experience the death of Abraham and we go through the whole life of Jacob and we get to walk and witness this man striving to do things and scheming to do things in his own strength until he's broken by the Lord and broken and broken and broken. And then the Lord makes a nation out of him and a nation that that even lives on today and a nation uh, through whom Christ came and through whom all the nations of the earth uh, are now continually blessed. Um, And so to be able to see that, it's never been tagged. I think just like with his only son, his only son is the account of Abraham's life and Sarah's struggle as well in a way that's never been tackled before in cinematic history. And the, what I want to do with Jacob's life, I don't think it's ever been told correctly in any form of media. Uh, the, 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 the account of – and looking – because it's often perverted into some love story with Jacob and Rachel. Mm-hmm. That's not – that's not at all what it's oh Jacob loved Rachel so much he was going to work seven more years for that's not what it's about at all the Lord gave Jacob Leah and Leah Christ came through Leah the Lord gave Jacob Leah but but Jacob wanted to continue to scheme and and get the wife he wanted when he should have been content with the wife he was given hmm. and so you see the way that I, I just want to experience. <laughs> experience that through Jacob's eyes, experience that through Leah's eyes, and really get to her heart, um, because she's so often neglected, Mm -hmm. um, and what it had to have been like for her, Um, and uh, and yeah, and then, yeah, so so we'll see if if the Lord blesses that and continues to open the door for that to happen, and continues to, um, uh, so that we can walk together through uh, God's history of God's people, um, and, and, and build the anticipation as we make our way to Christ in this in this cinematic uh, retelling. Well, it is an exciting thing that you're attempting, and it's an exciting thing to hear about what you've already done. Thank you so much, David, for being with us today on the program, and uh, I trust that you will we'll get that much-needed rest because I think you deserve it now, and uh, there's a, a lot yet to come. We look forward to uh, hearing more in the days and months and even years ahead for your work as you continue to do this. But we pray God's blessing on you. Thank you for taking this time. Thank you, brother. For being with all of us. Yeah, thank you. And thank friends, you, brother. Thank you for giving me twice the time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's it. I quadrupled the time from the last time. There we go. Yes. <laughs> all right. David Helling, my guest today, the writer and director of His Only Son. And friends, we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike. 